What's up, nerds? Welcome back to another episode of Video Nerds. Video Nerds. I'm the man nerd, and I am accompanied today with... Me, Steven Shred, as usual. <laughs> as usual? I like the me part, that was good. <laughs> they, gotta, they gotta know that it's me, you know? They gotta know it's you. <laughs> today, we are going to be jumping into a gore fest called Evil Dead Rise. So what was your first reaction of the opening scenes to this movie without any spoilers yet? Uh, Pretty much based off of Evil Dead 2013, which we will talk about later. The the first parts, I was like, oh man, business as usual. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it gives you, the, it, to me, it was like, really? I thought this was taking place somewhere else. It's like this is way too familiar, but they did that on purpose. They wanted to bring you into something familiar and then take you away. It might have been different otherwise, I think. Yeah, I I, I liked it. It's a little uh, little change up, uh, especially in comparison to uh, the last movie in this, I guess, uh, sequel series that we'll call it. We only had a, a couple, or well, we only had five characters in the last movie, really, and it all took place in one spot. This one, they gave us a nice little change up in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nice to get a uh, a different group of uh, victims right off the bat. Yeah, <laughs> and you'll find that out quickly, so it's not really a spoiler. All right, so I'm gonna jump into my no spoilers movie review on this one. Let's get to it. I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna do the teenager me, and then the current me. So teenager me <laughs> would definitely give this a D12. For sure, because it was everything that I wanted in a horror movie. It was scary. It was gory. The acting was actually pretty darn good. Uh, it was based off of something that I was already already dear to my heart. So I would have loved it. Now, the new me. <laughs> the new me. I would say probably a D8 to a D10. <laughs> again, I know I'm doing these a lot, but it's on the verge of watching it again and not watching it again. I don't know if I would unless I'm doing like a rewatch through the series type of thing. But even then, this one's a little rough for me because <laughs> it's very gory and I just don't go for that anymore. It's a little rough. <laughs> All right. What about you? I would say probably a D12 for me because I, I don't know what it is. I don't normally like gory movies, but if I'm in the mood for it, I will just like go and seek it for a good while like i watched like a couple back to back like there was one week where i decided to watch all the saw movies not really a gore guy but you know when the feeling strikes i just want to listen to some heavy music and watch some uh gory movies i don't know what it is man <laughs> it's that it's that piece inside of you that uh that little demon that comes out every now and then <laughs> <laughs> a little primal beast that's like smash everything everything dies 
getting dark today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do something a little different right now. I, this just came to mind. Since ScoMo was such a big horror fan, loved Evil Dead, mm -hmm. we should rate it for him. I truly think he would have he would have rated this a D12 or a D20. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. He he would have loved it. I would have I would imagine a lot of ScoMo screams throughout this. <laughs> oh yeah, and a lot of oh <laughs> holding his mouth. Yeah, lots of that. And a lot of covering his eyes, but then looking anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when to look. <laughs> uh, de definitely All right. fair. So, <laughs> definitely fair. Now, let's get into this. Let's do, you know what I'm doing. Yup. You know exactly what I'm it's doing. It's about that time. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. So, let's get into spoilers, man. Let's let's just jump straight into that uh, that beginning scene, which takes place at a cabin in the woods. <laughs> that it does. <laughs> now, what was your favorite part of that? It, it was pretty short. It was only a few minutes, but it gets you into the goriness very, very quickly. Not gonna lie, my favorite part was the the end of it, where she just like rises out of the water, and because like for Evil Dead and stuff, there is of course the obvious that it is supernatural but it always feels like the things that are happening aren't extremely supernatural it's a lot of gore it's a lot of pain it's a lot of all mm -hmm. this violence but it's not really things that would happen supernaturally it's usually not until like the very ends of the movie that we start seeing like real real crazy stuff so it's like seeing like full-on supernatural she floats out of the water and everything i i really like that i thought that was like really cool because it just gives you the sense of like the power that they're dealing with that it's like you know it gives this sense that it's something more than just you know violent insanity oh that's a really good point i didn't think of that <laughs> they usually do save that for later don't they yeah <laughs> <laughs> how about you for me i'd uh i have to go with the obvious choice here it's gonna be the drone scene mm. you know you th you think oh the drone they're gonna push this person to the drone but no the demon actually uses the drone to mess up their face so that was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely threw my expectations out the door they hit us with uh I, I forgot what the what the actual uh cinematic term is I, I forgot what it's called the idea that if a weapon is mentioned or shown that it has to be used mm -hmm. they mention well yeah, basically foreshadowing yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, I forgot the exact yeah. thing. It's, it's something's gun. I, I forgot the term. But uh, yeah, they mentioned in the very beginning, one of the first lines we hear, and th them talking about a drone can't decapitate a person. One argues that it can, the other argues that it can't. So immediately we called it mm -hmm. out. We're like, okay, somebody's getting their head cut off with a drone. <laughs> yep. But now the demon likes to just uh, use the drone to dis disfigure their face. Yeah. So that it's gory, man. Yeah, it was quite the shot. <laughs> All right. So you don't realize until later that this beginning scene is very important. And we'll get into that later after we get through this, the meat and potatoes of this. Now, the main story More here meat than potatoes. in this apartment building in a city, which is different than any other Evil Dead. It's always out in the woods or some fantastical place in the past, basically. Mm -hmm. 
except for Ash versus Evil Dead. That's that was completely different. Yeah, I was immersed in the environment right off the bat just because you get that feel that it is a very uh, well almost abandoned building because everybody's getting evicted. Uh, you get the notion that they're going to kick everybody out and probably tear down that place, and it just looks horrible and there's not many people around there there's a few neighbors but that's about it how is your feeling on the environment in this one the world it was definitely like uh it, it gave the feel of like dark like griminess and you know it, it set the stage i think for like uh some nasty stuff to go down just i don't i don't know what it is um just the setting in itself gave me the feeling like like oh man like this is like a setting where you see like a lot of like really like grimy dark movies and stuff like that so i'm like ah like it just puts me in that sense of um uh what what would be the word sense of like unease almost it just seems like uh seems like a type place where some stuff go down what would that be in musical terms uh dissonance is that is that right yeah definitely that nice yeah it could just be that we're watching an evil dead movie though <laughs> yeah but the setting was definitely interesting we did re-watch the 2013 version and it wasn't it was dark but it wasn't like this this was like you said the dark and grimy kind of like uh you know you'd be watching a movie that takes place in a sewer or something kind of felt like that yeah where like the cabin in the woods type deal gives you more of a sense of you're abandoned alone out there this is more of like this is a grimy nasty place where bad things would happen and people around probably wouldn't care too much (laughs) and the fact that they're in the middle of a city and there are tons of people just not there and this shit can still happen that's kind of frightening like, when I was a kid, for some reason, I thought that movies were real, and I always wondered what happened to the people after the movie ended. <laughs> so the thought that I always had was, like, what happens after that? You know, you go through a monster movie, you go through a demon movie, a ghost, whatever. Say you live. Then you go on the rest of your life knowing that stuff like that exists, and it could pop up again at any time. So it's like that sense of, like... This all goes down in a highly populated city in an apartment building, and it could happen to anybody in the area, too. Like, dude, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you make it out, you're never the same, ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the story. Okay, let's do it. Uh, I'll let you lead the way. Where do you want to start? Uh, The complete opposite um you know dark and grimy setting but we get you know uh we get the mom ellie who is a tattoo artist she looks to have like a loving family you know they're uh like teenage age kids two of them and then a younger daughter as well but they all seem you know it seemed like a nice family you know usual teenage stuff one of them seems very angsty it is the complete shift of the idea of like the dark and grimy setting so i thought that was kind of nice but at the same time i was like uh this is gonna get real messed up real quick huh (laughs) yeah once you see a a family that has that interactions and they did a very good job those actors they were very good at that It, it felt to me like they were family members bouncing off of each other with the dialogue and 
and uh, these little tiny fights that they're having, and then that turn into uh, tickling fits, which is always nice. <laughs> and then it turns bad. It then it turns so bad. Turns real bad. <laughs> they get a paid a visit by the aunt. Uh, I believe her name was Beth. Am I? Beth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure I had that right. She's been out of touch. She comes in. Things are not the best between her and Ellie with uh, Ellie's husband recently leaving and Beth seeming, you know, the uh, seeming at least to not be very uh, involved in support and that kind of thing as far as like, uh, you know, just being there for her sister. So there's tension there. And then they send the kids off to go get pizza because, you know, pizza brings everyone together. Always. Then it starts getting bad. <laughs> then there's an earthquake, and they drop the pizza. Yep, that was... I don't know why that was such a, like, a fixating point for me. I was like, just put the pizza down. Why did, Why do you need to throw it on the floor? Yeah, they, they just throw it upside down, and it's gone forever. You can't even enjoy it, even a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they bought like three boxes of pizza. It's like, dude, just put it on the floor real quick. Like, it's... Like, <laughs> like whether you live or you die, pizza's good, man. Like, you, you, you live through it. All right, cool. We still got our pizza. You live through it. You threw the pizza on the floor. Now you don't have pizza. Makes no sense. Maybe that was a way for them to be like, you know what? Here's a really messed up tragedy that's going to happen. <laughs> Just losing three pizzas. Yeah. But it gets way worse. Just wait. Yep. Very much in the same style of all of these movies. Um, the uh, So the ground opens up. So instead of there being a basement, there is an opening where they see, because they uh, they talk earlier in the movie about the building having an old bank in the bottom of it. So it opens up the floor with the earthquake, and as kids do, they go adventure down there, and they stumble across a bunch of, uh, uh, what are they called? The security safes or something like that? Safety deposit yeah, boxes. Yeah, safety deposit box. And one of them has a mysterious book. And of course, it's all <laughs> locked up. It has some intense looking defense on it. It's got a uh, some spiky fang looking teeth things holding it together. Yeah, the typical don't touch me, but they always touch it no matter what. Yep. And of course, the most alarming part of it is uh, they get a drop of blood on it and all of a sudden it opens up. Mm hmm. There are uh, recordings that go along with it, and instead of immediately saying, you know, this is a bad idea, you know, that thing just opened because blood got on it, you know, let's throw it away, or let's put it somewhere where nobody can get it, they decide to start messing with it. Starts looking at all the pictures, starts looking at everything, and then the recordings, he uh, has a whole DJ set up and everything. The oldest son... So he decides to start playing it. And of course, as always, the incantation is in there. Yep. And Ooh, now what? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Now the the reveal there about the three different volumes oh, of the Necronomicon. That's right. Yeah, I was I was not expecting that. They you know, I figured it was just gonna be the same one. And this is just it moved on. But they added a level to this yes they did which they've talked about all of evil dead being the same universe so three necronomicons make sense because we have 2013 that has its own 
we have this movie that has its own, and then we have the original series with Bruce Campbell that has its own. Yep. So it covers all three different places that the Necronomicon would need to be in to affect all these people. Oh, yeah. And the incantations, of course, like always, were uh, creepy. And this was done by, wasn't it a priest? I believe so. It was a uh, presentation, I believe. Yeah, trying to use it for good in some way, which they always think they can use evil stuff for good. Yeah, I, I don't know why that's such a thing. I mean, even the Doom series, you know, they open everything up because the Argent energy is like, you know, free energy, but it happens to be human souls. So it's like, <laughs> just, just stop messing with bad stuff <laughs> and these things will stop happening. Don't power your phone with souls, people. Just don't do it. It's not a good idea, you know, just just get the battery. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> good old fashioned electricity. Just use that. <laughs> All right. So moving on into the the possession. So it's the mom, Ellie, <laughs> who gets possessed in an elevator. And that whole thing was kind of intense. And afterwards, she comes out and goes back to the house. And you can tell something's wrong. Just like every time somebody gets possessed in one of these movies, they start acting weird. And then there is the big reveal of, oh, they're possessed. And it usually happens with some sort of a murder. But this one, this one happened a little bit different. All right. So the mom starts acting crazy and goes on a crazy cooking friendly cooking eggs like you should never cook eggs with the shells still in there <laughs> and everything's so messy and you could tell that she's it's looking like she's gonna die and then she does she falls dead on the floor and then resurrects as a demon and that's where all hell breaks loose literally literally <laughs> now ooh. Since we talked about this before, the foreshadowing of all the different things that are going to kill people, all the different items, which ones were your favorite? Uh, probably the use of the wood chipper later on. That was pretty brutal. We see it when they're coming back for from getting the pizza, I believe. And it highlights it as it like pans through the, the garage. And I'm like, yep, that is 100% getting used. <laughs> For me, it was the uh, the tattooed needle. Mm. Because you see that, she's using that, and then it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Because, <laughs> you know, darn well, they're going to go for somebody's eye. That's what they always do. Yep. They always got to make it as painful as possible. <laughs> okay. And also, second best is going to be, what did she call that stick? the stick with a doll head on it named Staphany <laughs> that turns into a brutal weapon later on <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that was a good one <laughs> as soon as that was brought up I'm like somebody's getting murdered with that thing <laughs> and that was a little girl that named it Staphany <laughs> yeah that <laughs> a lot of stuff that, that little girl's gonna be dealing with <laughs> a lot of stuff now let's talk about the uh character stories here so like you said before you've got the family you've got the mother who her husband left and then you've got the tension between the mother and the aunt their sisters and of course the aunt's the cool aunt because she was a guitar tech that traveled around with bands <laughs> now she's back because you find early on that she is pregnant 
it's kind of one of those things where you don't know if she's actually pregnant or if she lost a baby or something, but something's wrong and she needs, she needs help from her sister. So you've got that whole thing driving her, that whole, can I be a mother thing? And then the actual mother to the kids is possessed by a demon and dies and trying to kill everybody. So she has to step in as the protector. How did that whole emotional aspect of this hit you? Uh, I it it was it was fine. <laughs> like um I don't know. I didn't feel as attached to a lot of these characters as I did in 2013 Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um yeah, cuz like my whole thing was the mom's already gone. So it's just kind of like, uh, well, that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> like, uh, it, it sucks too, because she seemed to be a very caring and loving mother who was already going through a hard time. And then she gets possessed by a demon. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those things where this really popped off early and they did do a good job of setting that up, making you feel for the characters, but there could have been a little bit more of that, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, for the amount of time that they had, it wasn't bad. But yeah, definitely could have made you feel more for the characters, especially the mom before she's just, you know, dead demon. Yeah, the stuff with the aunt, I felt kind of the same way that I did in Megan, where it it didn't really give me like a motherly caring vibe as much as it did uh, this kid could get murdered. So I'm just like not going to let this kid get murdered. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, survival. <laughs> survival protector mode. Yeah, as opposed to conditioning her to be the mother that is no longer there. You know, just kind of like, you know, if a you know, little kid's about to get murdered, you know, probably shouldn't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to the shock of us as Evil Dead fans, almost everybody dies. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that shocked me. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, the teenage son and daughter, they also get possessed. Uh, pretty much everybody in the building, there's a family that lives across from them. They interact with them quite a bit. They all get straight up murdered. One pretty intense part was uh, you hear the youngest uh, kid from that family kind of like struggling and everything. And then all of a sudden he gets thrown into a wall without any arms. So that was intense is he was a pretty young kid maybe like 10 11 seemed like yeah and then had an older brother yeah yeah so they they all get pretty brutally murdered um the one thing that was very frustrating to me the older older gentleman that they're uh, dealing with uh i i don't understood was he supposed to be like a landlord or was he just like he just lived there too he just lived there. He was just a grumpy old man that talked about how noisy they were. Yeah, so he has a double barrel shotgun. And, you know, the the boomstick is very uh, classic Evil Dead. I thought that was going to get a ton of use. Kind of, but not really. It got some use. It was just more of like a little fancy prop that we got a little nod to it. So I, I thought that was going to... I was a little frustrated because there was a moment where it could have been used... And then it wasn't, <laughs> I was just like, come on, like, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, you've got a shotgun, but also in that aspect, do they know how to use it? Would they know how to reload it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. 
It's a good question, I guess, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like a double barrel shotgun is very self-explanatory. It's got like zero mechanics to it. It's literally load. Pop it open, take the shells out, put new ones in, boom, boom. Pull hammers back, boom. Literally. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like one of the least complicated weapons ever, but eh, it is what it is. <laughs> and as the uh, story goes on, we get numerous just torturous stuff. Like you mentioned, tattoo needle to the eye. Uh, we get a lot of people just getting cut up. It is, it is rough. <laughs> We get Bridget uh, turning into a demon and then eating glass and swallowing it, and you can see it, and oh my god. Yeah. That messed me up. (laughs) I don't think I can forget that. It was, uh, yeah, it was was quite a lot. (laughs) And it all culminated into the wood chipper. Yep. They have their final fight, their final struggle in the parking garage, which... Being that it's happening there, I immediately knew that it was going to lead to the wood chipper because, you know, they talk about it in um, Evil Dead 2013. They talk about it in this movie. During the recording of the priest, he mentions the only way to kill them is uh, dismemberment. I believe uh, burning their bodies was something, too. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, burning and then... Uh... Well, in the 2013, I forget if it's in this one, but they talk about the live burial as well. Yeah, which you can't really do in a big city. But, uh, yeah. No, not really. The uh, final struggle is not against one possessed person. It is against a amalgamation of all of them into this... Omega demon. Yeah, into this weird, (laughs) nasty monster of all their, like, body parts and everything, and it's pretty gross. (laughs) (laughs) Now, at the end of this, you get the connection to the beginning, to the cabin. Yes. You see this this girl that was the possessed one at the cabin in the beginning, and she's leaving this, air, this uh, garage because apparently she lives there, and she's going to spend the weekend in a cabin with some friends, and she gets possessed by the demon, and that's how that continues. So the beginning of the movie is actually the end of the movie. Yep, which sets up you know maybe a sequel or something like that or maybe if they just maybe they just want to put it out there that the evil is just spreading yeah because even dismemberment did not take care of it it just jumped into another body yeah it was (laughs) yeah it was uh, quite the intense movie all right so now let's segue into the 2013 version now that was a remake of the original uh, with Bruce Campbell, of course, which they did Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and then the show. Now this one, uh, hmm, the daughter at the beginning saying, I am I will eat your soul, daddy, <laughs> to the dad that's going to light her on fire. That's what really got me into the whole, oh shit, mode. <laughs> like, this is very different. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, okay, they're going serious on this one. Holy crap. Yeah. What was your segue into that? This is a horror movie mode. Uh, mine was actually very different. I never watched the original Evil Dead movies. I was aware of them, but I never watched them. So, 2013 Evil Dead movie was my introduction to Evil Dead, and I watched it with my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, it's every time my grandma would be like, "Oh, let's watch this." So I'm like, "Okay, we'll watch it." 
But I'm like, oh, but you know, this is a this is a horror movie, and she's like, oh, it's a, I'll be fine, it's okay. And then every time she just starts covering her eyes because it starts getting really bad. <laughs> so my initial thoughts were, you know, this is gonna get like really intense <laughs> with like the the language and uh, you know the the daughter at the beginning getting lit on fire and then having her head blown off with a shotgun. I was like, okay, like it kind of set the tone. I was like, oh, like they're not yeah. messing around. <laughs> yeah, we had to have a refresher for this movie because we were talking about we were talking about it during Evil Dead Rise Watch, where it felt very reminiscent of this one as opposed to the originals. So we figure, you know, we'll treat them as a sequel. We'll go back and watch this one. And yeah, Evil Dead 2013 was every bit as wild as I remembered. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I saw Evil Dead Rise and I was like, you know what, this is way worse, like in a gory and horror sense than the 2013. Then rewatching the 2013 after so many years. Nope, nope, definitely on the same level. For sure, 100%. Holy crap. Yeah, it is pretty intense. <laughs> All right, out of the 2013 version, who was your favorite character? I'm always going to be super biased. I am a big fan of Jane Levy, so Mia. Even though she's, like, possessed the entire time, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but we're already doing spoilers, so she actually gets unpossessed and kicks ass at the end, so there's that. Very true. Now, I got to say the uh, the nurse, Olivia, that, that was mine, because she was, she was caring, she was tough, and, of course, very pretty, so... <laughs> It's it's everything right there. Yep, and then she cuts her own face off with a piece of a broken mirror. So uh, that yeah, and that goes straight into my least favorite part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, because the sound of that was really bad. Yeah, the sound was worse than the visual. I think just you hear a bunch of like wet, like cutting. Like it, it sounds like somebody's trying to saw down a steak with a really dull knife and then you hear like plopping when she throws pieces of her face on the floor and yeah it's pretty gross yeah and at this point we forgot to mention uh like we did at the last uh, at the end of the last episode of video nerds uh don't be eating during this while we're talking about it true that's pretty nasty yeah it gets pretty <laughs> bad <laughs> Okay, so on that version, we have the general, you know, they find the book uh, in the basement. Uh, some jackass reads from it, gets blood on it. It's wrapped in barbed wire in a trash bag and then ends up cutting himself and getting it on the book, activating it, reading the incantation, and then there you go. The whole thing starts. Now, what was something different about this version from the others that you noticed? The reasoning for being at the cabin was a little more realistic as far as not realistic, but a little more um, it, it made sense a little more why they're not believing Mia because, you know, she's yes. a recovering uh, heroin addict. So they take her to the cabin so she could go through withdrawals and detox away from anything that could give her any chance to get out of it. And then she starts talking about seeing, you know, a demon, this happened, this happened. It makes sense more in this why they wouldn't believe her and why they wouldn't immediately leave once weird stuff ha starts happening. Because by the time they do notice all the weird crazy stuff, 
it's too late. There's been a flash flood. They can't get out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Being uh, you were a fan of the original ones going into this one, what would be uh, your big takeaway from the differences? My biggest one on this one was actually the very end. Uh, Mia actually getting unpossessed and still being alive. Mm. Like, that's not really something that truly happened. Like, Ash, his hand got possessed and he just cut his hand off. <laughs> so, you know, they stopped it that way, which there was there's that in this one too, but it was really bad. Yeah, it actually, we actually got two hands cut off. Yeah, and, and a lot of ripping arms off. Yeah. Ugh. But anyway, yeah, it was the actually getting out of it and then the demon does rise and she kicks its ass with a chainsaw. Yeah, that is yeah. that's probably one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, just when I when I always after seeing that movie, every time I thought about it, it was always seeing Mia just drenched in blood because that was the climax right there. That was like climactic singing, raining blood, demon coming up out of the ground, running around trying to kill it end up killing it with a chainsaw with one arm ripped off yeah it was just pretty brutal and dope at the same time yeah which apparently at the time set a world record for most fake blood used on a set that would make sense that was a shit ton of fake blood <laughs> yes it was <laughs> all right well we're getting to the end here let's go ahead and rate the 2013 what are you thinking on that one uh that one i would probably go with um I, i'll i'll give it the d20 but with the caveat that i don't watch horror movies or gory movies very much but if i wanted to watch a horror movie or a gory movie this would definitely be in the top for which for ones that i go back to okay gotcha how about you yeah i would say for me i would go with a d12 for my former self current self <laughs> i think it was it was a little less shocking than Evil Dead Rise because there was a lot more gross things in my opinion, <laughs> but it was still very messed up. Uh, so I'd raise my base one to a D10 on that one <laughs> because that one, it's the classic, you know, demon cabin in the woods, everybody gets slaughtered type of deal. And, you know, that's just the go-to for me. Yeah, Always has been with Friday the 13th and up. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So there's our blood fest for... Uh, for this episode uh you know what i'm we're gonna do this live man what are you thinking on the next one what you get to choose i'm not sure uh, I, I might have to might have to think it up because uh not really uh nothing really coming to mind as far as movies or shows and then the shows that i i definitely do want to talk about aren't done yet being uh you know oshinoko i definitely want to talk about demon slayer oh yeah I definitely want to talk about Hell's Paradise. I think will be a good one to talk about because of the fact that I'm pretty sure it's just the one and done season. I don't think they're continuing. So we get the series in so its good. entirety. So good. Yeah, it's very, very good. The art style is insane. Like, man. And then the songs that they have for the show are just so good, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we will get into some anime later. We'll pick another movie coming up here and we'll keep on rocking and rolling. See you later, everybody. See ya.